we're going to have a lot of group discussion today because I need y'all to discuss. Tell me, come up with really good definition of this word saith. My glasses are dirty. So we're going to start with prayer. Lord, thank you once again for another beautiful day. I did get a picture of that sunrise that was really gorgeous this morning over the, over the river, through the cheese, to grandmother's house we go. Anyway, thank you, Father, for this wonderful day that we once again get to um, be yours and to be used by you and to be loved by you. And then we have a chance and opportunity to love you back. Father, I pray that your spirit will be among us, that your words would be true in our hearts, and that we would we would know that. I mean, that it would be a, something that's just like stamped right into our heart, Father. Um, I ask that you give me the words to speak and not my own words. And I ask, Lord, that you will touch the hearts of those that hear this and those that are here in this room with your spirit to hear and receive your truth in, in what, what is being taught, read. Don't know in other words to say, but we love you, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lots of stuff going on. Josiah, how are you? Josiah is in here today. We were supposed to have Sunday school for, for people like him. He's a very unique young man. Did you know that? He's just going to give me two thumbs up. He don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about it, Aunt Nubbins. Um, so I'm, I'm a substitute teacher. Hi, Carmen. Is Carmen on? Good question. Two people could be. Hi, Carmen. I hope you're feeling better. I'm subbing in for Carmen, which is really okay. And I kind of had something going on for next Sunday teaching. <laughs> well, so I hijacked it and brought it over here, along with what Josiah and I have been talking about, which was saith the Lord. That's what we were talking about. And so we're going to talk about that phrase, and we're going to look at the first occurrence, and that's as far as I got. And I said, that's going to have to be goods, Lord, because that's what I got. So we're going to go for it. So the word, when you, the word saith and the word Lord, obviously two different words. The first word saith is not what we would normally say and not what we would normally speak about. It's not like a logos. It's not like a rhema. It's not like a, whatever we use in the Old Testament, amar, amar, which means just to speak. This word means an oracle or an utterance or a declaration of a prophet. And if you, you all can look it all up, and it goes back in, to the root word, which means to whisper or to utter as an oracle. And when you think about an oracle, I have all these weird images because I grew up watching stuff like sci-fi and all that, and they used to, the oracle, and they used to say all these kinds of things. And if you like Doctor Who, which I don't think hardly anybody in here even knows what that is, Lisa, my friend, hand up. Watch it. Do you still watch it? No, I'm behind. It's, a, it's hard. To, it's hard. 
Because, you know, they're only supposed to have nine doctors, and they're way past nine doctors. Yeah, I know, and I know. Be true to your, your storylines, what I say. Anyway, when you talk about an oracle, it's like some like this big orb that you come up to and the oracle just reveals things to you, speaks to you, talks, all that kind of stuff, right? The man the yeah, the man behind the curtain, exactly. So when you think about an oracle when it comes to the Lord, it's the same concept, except that it's not that mysterious. It's a, 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 a place of intimacy. So it's a, a place that you find where the Lord speaks to you and reveals things to you, tells you things, you know. And, and so there is the word oracle in the Bible, in the Old Testament specifically, or especially, and, and it, it just means that there's just a place where things are revealed to the person who's occupying that area. In our case, we want to be at the right hand of the Father. We want to be in that secret place. And this is the place that we know God speaks to us when he, when he reveals things and he shows us mysteries, etc. So when you look at the word saith in, in the Old Testament and you read all the definitions all the way through, you can see that it is something that's being spoken it is something that's being revealed to the hearer. And in this case, the person speaking is the Lord. So this is the plan and purpose of God that is uttering or declaring something to come. It's not him just, and, and not that that's just in there, it's not... Um, solely a spoken word. It's not even a debar. It is a, something that, that the Father is, is uh, you know, speaking forth for the person that's hearing to see what is to come. It is a prophetic word from the Lord. Stopping. Unmuting. So he's, he's revealing something about his plan or about his purpose. Yes. Okay. And is it to a specific person or, or uh, the whole wide world? You have to look at the, where it's being spoken and used to find out. So this word saith is used like 300 and something times in the Bible, which I don't know if you guys have seen the word before, so I was a little I was just a little stunned by that. But if you look on the back page, you don't have to look. But on the back page, you have all these scriptures. And if you and I don't remember what I put on there. Ah, uh, yeah. If you see, say it, the Lord, it's used two hundred and seventy times, and I listed all of them. I know you're like, why? Well because I didn't have time to do anything more than that. But that's what I was working with when I said, okay, I'm going to do this, say it the Lord. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I discern? Who uses say it the Lord the most? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. And that's what Josiah and I have been studying is Jeremiah. We did chapter 30. We did chapter 31. We're going to do 32. So that made me start to think differently about Jeremiah and him being a weeping prophet, which I understand that they call him that. And, 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 you know, there's good reasons why. 
But there's so many things that the that God, the plan and purpose aspect of God, was revealing to Jeremiah so that he wrote it down to reveal to who? Well, to us. But to his sons. So, and it was always, it was, you know, some people say he was being tough and rough and all that. A lot of the stuff that he wrote wasn't really him. I mean, he was right. It was... It was the Lord. It was the plan of purpose of God speaking forth to keep or to hopefully keep the people's eyes focused on who God is and what God is about to do. And I know some of it was about destruction and all that. And we can look at some of those things in a little bit. But I just thought this is really this is like a really cool I don't know for me, revelation to see that Jeremiah was not just pounding away at the people. He was actually writing and speaking forth what God was revealing to him to say. So we talk about the first occurrence of this, these two sets of words, saith the Lord. The first place this happens is in Genesis 22. And we're talking about, obviously, we're going to be talking about Abraham because I put that in the little, whatever that's called, header. So, and and reading through all of this and thinking about Abraham, we know the story, but you think about it, will there ever be a time when we will not be asked to give ourselves totally to God? I, I think it's going to always be. Now, I have to tell you, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's been a progression. Okay, so first I became a believer, and then I gave up things when I became a believer because I knew right away they were wrong. You know what I'm saying? And then you kind of take more steps, and you realize, oh, I need to stop doing that. I need to give that to the Lord because that's not helping me. And it just keeps going forward and forward and forward. Now, here we are today. And I have to tell you, the trip to Brazil really, and the conference in France, really impacted how I look at things. Instead of it being such a huge sacrifice and like, like that kind of a thing, it's more of, oh, wow. Oh, okay. It it is a big deal, but it's really not a big deal because the benefits far outweigh whatever it is that the Lord's telling me to lay aside. And I don't know, you guys might all have that figured out, but it's been hard for me sometimes. Like, oh no. And the Lord's like, now sit just put it over here because this is what's gonna happen. So the power behind our sacrificing is immeasurable as it was with Abraham. And it's, he's a great example because the Lord is one day going to tell me to take Josiah and put him on an altar. I'm just kidding, Josiah. <laughs> Look at him. It's okay. I, I have no authority over you. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just an amazing concept. So everyone's like, I'll keep thinking about Abraham. Oh, poor Abraham. He had to think about and go through all of that suffering because he's giving up his only son. And I'm sure that there was a measure of that within him. But the the bigger part of all of that was it started with Abraham. Without Abraham, 
what would the rest of the what would the rest of the story really be? Would God have found someone else to do what Abraham did? Because if if Abraham wasn't willing and understood the un- concept of sacrifice, we would not have Jesus. We would not be a seed of Abraham. I don't think I can trace myself all the way back to Abraham, but I am a child, a son of God. Therefore, I am of the seed of Abraham. So when you look at all the prophecies in the Old Testament, uh, and people say, oh, Jesus fulfilled this, Jesus fulfilled that. Oh, look, Jesus fulfilled You know what? They were fulfilled by him at, at that point in time. But we're going to fulfill the rest of the story. We're going to fulfill it again. So when I looked at the Abraham scripture, I was like, wow. This is, this is us. This is what we're doing right now because of how God has brought us along. And I don't know how to go back. And I've, I want all the people that went back to come back so they can see where we are now because the power authority that the Lord has given us and will continue to give us as we continue to sacrifice is it's beyond any riches that, that the world can give us. And it, it just doesn't matter. And the, the wonderful thing about all this is it's, it's like fresh as the day we turned the corner and made this walk. Yep. I mean, it's, it's not like, oh, old hat or, oh, yeah, we're still in or slugging Here away. We go. Yep. Yeah, it, yep. it is a freshness of uh, our progression. And every every corner we turn, there's more. And, and it's just as as uh, uh, refreshing as it, it was in the very beginning. Uh, it, it's just as new. It's just as um, there there is a a, a greater expectation that we're always looking ahead for, and and so it it uh, it doesn't become old hat. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't become uh, worn out. Uh, it it uh, it doesn't. It is not hopeless. It is not anything but moving forward. Yeah. And let me tell you, I've got, I received a voice message from Anna in Brazil. And she expressed to the best of her ability that she is full yet hungry. And she said, I, I, I'm just, I don't, I want to study the word every day. She said, I, every single day I want to read it because everything I'm reading now, it's, it's like brand new. Just like you said, it's fresh, it's brand new. Yeah, and that's what we've been praying, isn't it? I mean, that that's the biggest reason why we went to Brazil and, and had this conference. I mean, there's individual reasons probably all over the place, but really, God desired breakthrough in that country because he has plans for that country. And, you know, that group of people, that people group, but he needed them to be hungry. And And that is the beauty of his plan because... It doesn't matter that most of the people in the church over there have no Bible background whatsoever mm-hmm. or nor, no Bible knowledge. It's like God only, only needs the hunger. Yep. And then he'll, he'll make up all that, that deficit, which is probably in the long run better anyway. Absolutely. And how, how neat it is because she's a, she's a leader in the church. She's, she's a worship leader at her church. And God's going to use her. I don't know if anybody else got it like that. 
or you know what I mean. They're, they got hungry. I'm really hoping there's a lot more. They, they better have. That's what we're praying for. So that's absolutely. I know the church we went to. I believe those people are the pastor there. So they're going to be in this fresh, new anointing that the Lord has given them to be hungry for his word and transform that into the thing that they're really, really awesome at worshiping God and their praise and word. It's, it's going to be phenomenal. I mean, I'm I'm going to be sending a message to Anna tonight going, so how was church today? And see what she says, because I, I want to know. I want to be a part of that process. I'll tell you what. And I, sounds weird. I'm ready to go back just to see how they how things went, just to see where they're at and the things that, and how God's going to change that nation. It's going to be one church at a time. So I think we had four there. So we'll start with those four. I mean, how many hundreds of churches are there in San Paulo? I did not look that up. But God's going to do something. He's going to save that nation just like he used Abraham's willing to, willingness to sacrifice his son. Go ahead, Vicki. I think there's another interesting um, element here in the definition. You know, you said that Jeremiah is predominantly uses this, mm -hmm. this phrase more often than anybody else. But, you know, this... God could have used, the Spirit could have used a word here that just said God revealing things about his plan or purpose and just left it at that. Yep. He he didn't have to have anything in here about to declare as a prophet. Yep. There's a responsibility that when God says in this capacity, when he reveals something about his plan or purpose, we have that that responsibility, responsibility. to not only carry the burden of that, what is revealed, but then to distribute it. Hmm. In his timing, of course. A Amen. And and like I said, um, 270. Get with it, people. <laughs> I, I started reading stuff, and it, it just was boggling of the mind. That's all I can say. I, I was just, ah. So we thank the Lord for what he's doing in Brazil and what he's doing in the life specifically of, of, of Anna, who shared with me. And I think it's totally awesome and amazing. And I think you guys heard that they're, they're celebrating their eighth year of being a church this weekend. Pastor Ron said it in something Wednesday night live. Okay. So anyhow, so I think that's even also more amazing. And, and I was going to send her a nice long message and I said, Nope, I'm going to wait till after the weekend. But just in her and Pastor Luciano's life alone, eight years ago, they were a husband and wife team. And they had a church that was, I don't think it was that small, but, you know, it's an okay-sized church from what I'm understanding. And now they've gone from being that, whatever that was established church. It's like looking at our church. When we first started, I wasn't here. When you guys first started the church... <laughs> Um, you know, there were, the Lord established something in this area where this building is located. And we all, I mean, we know, we know House of Prayer was definitely a part of it. Um, I believe uh, the agape of the Father in a unique way was established here. And, and I believe that the pastoral calling in this house, I believe the Lord established that here as well. Thank you, Larry. And so, you know, in Brazil, their church was established. I'm not sure all that was established there. We can maybe guess, and they could definitely tell you. But here we are eight years later, 
they're no longer just a husband and wife team, right? They now have two little ones and actually three, little, three children, right? And they have this, this worship team that I don't know if you noticed, but it's really transformed since the last time we were there. I don't see all the people that I saw before, but yet it's, it's a very, still very passionate. And you can see how it's moved from to over here. So she's not the same person she was eight years ago. And God is still moving mightily. And, you know, all of us go through different things. And she's, you know, Anna's no exception. But she's an exceptional woman. And the Lord has given her great giftings. And so it's just, it's just amazing to see things go as they're going to go. So go ahead. I was just thinking, which I guess is the understood, but it, with it being their eighth year, you know, a year of new beginnings. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And in so many ways, it's a year of new beginnings for them. Absolutely. And like I said, I can't wait to ask her how church went today. <laughs> so it is just, just the most phenomenal thing. So, <clears throat> um, did the France conference just end last weekend, right? Yeah. I mean, last Sunday it was over. Yeah. Okay, just trying to keep my brain straight and it's not working. So let's look at the scripture in, in um, Genesis. Josiah, will you read the scripture? Come get the microphone and read that scripture for me. Thank you, sir. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in, the th in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven a second, the second time, <laughs> and said, By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. I know. Wow, exactly. That's you. Thank you, Josiah. That's you. That's you. That, that's you. She needs a microphone, please. I'm already starting to cry. I'm just thinking in this, this moment of intense challenge yes. and that tugged on every, on every uh, human aspect of, of Abraham, of a person. He was, he was determined to be obedient to the Lord and in doing that one act, which you cannot negate as anything other than just extreme sacrifice. Every, everyone here that's a parent can identify that, that extreme sacrifice that he was willing to be obedient in changed the course, which of course God knew, but changed the course of history. Mm -hmm. And it set the stage for sonship. Absolutely did. I mean, you said it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Without him, we wouldn't have had Jesus. But without him, there would be no relationship of sonship. It had to be redeemed somehow. Yeah. Because of what happened in the garden, 
And I know God would have done it through one man or another, but Abraham was the one that chose to be willing. And we, we are choosing to be Abraham. We're choosing to go where we need to go, do the things we need to do, and sacrifice. And I know we once had a, a lady go here, and you, and she said, well, if God asked me to give up my son, I would never do that. So, And I'm thinking, and she would giggle about it and all that. And you know what? There are lots and lots of people who love the Lord who are not going to be Abraham's. And I don't know that they're not going to get in heaven just because they aren't willing to sacrifice the most precious thing in their lives to whatever the Father wants to do. All I know is we are Abraham's. We are going to do that. We are going to sacrifice. Well, you can never have the level of intimacy with the Lord's heart right? without that. And the power and authority that he's going to give us to operate it's just amazing. And, and it's right. It just, took, it just took one choice. But I think also that's the, you know, it's the same concept that Jesus displayed. And, you know, again, so much the church looks at what Jesus did and they said, well, that was it. That did it all. And not realizing that that was the example for us. I mean, Abraham was the example. Jesus' life was the example of how we're to function, not just to say, oh, he did it so I don't have to. It's he did it so I can too. And because of that, there will be greater works than this accomplished because I'm willing to die to my own everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Jesus did. Lord, not my will, but yours. I mean, that's why he was in the garden because he didn't want to do anything, even giving up his life outside of the timing of the father. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's what we're called to. But I think when it's easily relegated to, oh, well, Jesus did that, so we don't have to. It's already won. All I have to do is believe in Jesus. And that's where the greater message is missed. That's where that point of intimacy is missed. And that's why you don't have the authority. Because if you don't understand that it was an example for us to follow, and you think it's just a work that was done and that was it, then you're not afforded that point of intimacy because you've not died in that way. Mm-hmm. And yet... They, and yet the, the church walks around, um, my cousin had one on this past week, and it's what, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And so they, ha- they have an understanding of it, but not a full concept of, yes, what did he do? Because that's what you are being required to do. Mm-hmm. That wasn't just a, you know, if, if he had to do it, then we're going to have to do it. If we want to be those who are called sons of God. And yeah. so, as Adrian said, that was our example. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the... Uh, concluding story. The, the <laughs> conclusion of the story. <laughs> the end, close the book, and you're done. You right. know, it's like, no, that was the blueprint. Mm-hmm. And so we're supposed to model that blueprint in every aspect. A better, a better word on that brace would be, how did Jesus do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because right. that, that is... A, that is a difference. I mean, it's nice to know what he would do, but how how did and how would he do it is is the important, also important part. It's like, you know, people have been asking me, how you doing? And I'm like, even last night, I went to the grocery store and I'm, a guy is like, you know, you look a little tired. I'm like, oh, I'm okay. I mean, I'm a little tired. Is, it, is there things going on? Is it good? Is it bad? And it's like, you know what? When you're a son... It's always good. Sure. There's no way around it. I mean, 
it's going to, I'm not trying to not make you guys have feelings and all that. That's, that's not it. But when you, when you're a son and you're walking with him, you know, and that this is your life, then it's always good. No matter what's going on, no matter what's happening. And that's because you're always seeing God's hand in what's happening. Mm -hmm. And when that's your only desire is to partner with his hand, then that's all you need. And so that's why it's always good. Yes. And setting aside our feelings and pushing that somewhere else to me is getting easier and easier because once again, it's not about, it's not about our feelings. It's not about us. It's about what's God doing. I can't see it. Well, you know what? Just get over and keep walking. I mean, I don't know how everybody does it. This, everybody has different ways of handling things, but it gets easier to almost to the point where we don't even say, well, just get over and keep walking. We're just like, okay, this is all part of the plan. I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep going. Uh Oh, I forgot to turn my phone off. I'm fired. You're going to fire me. Everybody fire me. You're fired. Thank you. Okay. Is it important? Let's see. Maybe it's important. Okay. It's important, but it can wait. (laughs) Okay. Um, Where was I? Jehovah Jireh. The song, right? Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Right? He's always for me. All that kind of... Say it again. His grace is... is Which is really... I I couldn't remember the words anymore. You know what? I thought Jehovah Jireh meant Jehovah my provider. It, It does not, in case you didn't notice that. The word Jireh goes back to the word Ra'ah. So it's Jehovah sees, which to me is way cooler than Jehovah provides because I'm a teacher seer, so I think that's really neat. But what happens, Josiah, when we see things as a, as a teacher seer, what do we do with those things? We speak them forth. Oh, I'm sorry. He for, I forgot to get him. Okay, we speak them forth. So if God sees what's happening, he speaks them forth, or he brings them into existence, or he, whatever the way providing is going to occur. He is always seeing what's happening, and he's always providing. Now, listen, I would think that this word, this, this aspect of God, this characteristic of God, would be all over the Bible. It isn't. This is the only place you will find this word. And I would go even beyond that and say, when you are in his plan, then you have the ability to dis- discern between Tobin Rock. Right, because Jehovah is the plan and purpose of God. And so it's, it's, he does provide what you need because if you see and you're partnered with him, just like Vicki said, you're going you're gonna to have what you need, you're going to know what you got to do, and it's going to be there. And I also, also thought it was so interesting that where was the ram? Was, say again? In the thicket, but was he right smack in front of Abraham, like right there? He was by him in his, God bless you, near his hind parts. That's what, behind, behind, are you okay, Larry? He's behind you, so I understand. Maybe you should move over a seat. Okay, go get your raincoat. 
<laughs> he was it, so it wasn't even an obvious here is your provision and yet it was it was obvious you see huh i was yeah it was it's just amazing i i just again i've never seen the scripture like this and had an idea what's going to happen next go well and i think this is also uh, uh confirmation too which it's all through scripture that when you're going through something that seems extremely challenging, that there is always a point of provision. God has, you need to look to his plan to see what is it that he wants. You not just look for his provision. You're looking to what he wants to accomplish in his plan in the midst of this difficult circumstance. And then he'll provide whatever you need to move forward in. Yeah, but first you have to sacrifice. And not murmur, right? First, you got First, you got to sacrifice, and and it really is a, it, one of those things that God keeps teaching me. It's like you don't have to know what's going to happen tomorrow. Just be willing to take that step that He's asked you to take. If He's asked you to do something, just go ahead and do it. Don't know what's going to happen next, but just go ahead and do it. Maybe you know. Doesn't matter. Quit sneezing. <laughs> but you, you know, what's going to happen next? Doesn't matter. Take that step. And I can't tell you how many times the Lord has um, put that, that concept in motion with people that I know. Uh, he wants to do this, this, and this. And as a prophet, you can sometimes see it. You can see what God wants to do in that person's life. Oh, wow, look at that, look at that, look at that. All they have to do is take that first step. And, and they they don't. I don't know what's going to happen with this, this, and this, but they didn't take that step, so I don't know what's going to be next. And the same thing for us, obviously. We can have that same concept. Things are here, things are not here. So when, when we get in verse 16, it says the angel of the Lord called to Abraham. So the voice that we're hearing is really the angel of the Lord, but he's speaking on behalf of of. Um, the plan and purpose of God. And he says, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. So now we know what's happening, what's being spoken next is a prophetic word. It's, it's not that a Dabar is not a prophetic word, but this is God prophesying over Abraham about what is to come. Now, did Abraham know that was going to occur when he did this? I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, he has a measure of faith. It's definitely spoken of in Scripture every which way about how much faith Abraham had. So he, he knew something from the Lord was going to occur. He just didn't know that it was going to be this. Go ahead, Vicki. Can I back up just a second Please. to, to uh, verse 14 when he said, and Abraham called the name of that place. Yes. That word called is Kara, which is that, like the, what's a bird? Quail. Quail? No. no. What is it? Partridge? Partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> the little bird. Anyway, it's it's about the responsibility to take responsibility for whatever that concept is, whatever that... Oh, yeah, because the partridge will take Or that, that concept to, to teach that or to live that or to nurture that and in that established place. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it meant so much in that place where that thicket was as much as it meant 
that spiritual concept that God was teaching him in that moment. Yeah. And, you know, it was Mount Moriah where this happened. Is that the right mount? He saw, as if it's a high place. So you think about that concept too. This is, this is how God works. This is how God moves. This is how God is going to use you and me in our little city, town, state, in the whole wide world to do all these things that he's laying out to Abraham to let him know this is what's going to happen. So the next piece is because, see, right, because, because you did the right thing, because you took that step, because you obeyed my voice, because you listened to what I asked you to do. And by the way, this thing, so thou hast done this thing, this thing is the word debar. So Abraham was fulfilling the Debar word of the Lord and has not withheld thy son, thine only son. And here it comes that in blessing, I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven. Now, totally astronomical because Abraham had how many kids? Well, yeah. He didn't have seven or an even dozen or a baker's dozen. I mean, one, two. And he was going to have as many as the stars? I don't get that. You know what? And even some people still think that, that that's a physical promise that he's telling, talking to Abraham. It's a physical, you physically will have as many stars, you're going to have that many children, your children have that many children. Blah, blah, blah. It was way bigger than that. It was, a, it was not just how many kids you're going to have, it's the spiritual aspect of sonship that was, that was born. What do you need, Vicki? Oh, that was happening on that day. I mean, so many things were put into motion in this short little story. It's just totally out there and amazing. So, let's see. And the sand upon the seashore. Oh, that's so, so cool stuff. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Wow. Can we stop there a minute? How many times have we talked about gates? If you haven't read Pastor Ron's book, At the Gates, feel free to go jump and grab that sucker. It's an opening it's an opening. We are going to take the openings. We're not going to let the enemy have the openings. If the gate of the enemy has an opening, guess, guess who's going to get it? Josiah's going to get it. He's a warrior. Go ahead. Well, and it falls in line with what you've already said, but it's just interesting because it says, and in blessing, I will bless thee and multiply, and I will multiply the seed. Seed does mean fruitfulness, but it actually means a practitioner of righteousness. So I think that's pretty cool because it's a, a practitioner, one who practices as a the righteous vision totally that from the perspective that. of the Father, that's what's being multiplied. Those who will function from the perspective of the Father. Absolutely. I'm waiting because I think there's another comment coming from somebody. There's just not that many people in this sanctuary. Have you noticed that, dude? Nobody over there? One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, I'm eight. New beginnings. You know, I mean, boy, we can go 
but we'll just keep going. The gate of his enemies. So here is a, a prophetic word being spoken by the plan and purpose of God to Abraham and his seed. And it's saying that we are going to possess the gate of the enemies. And if you look at the word possess, you'll see that it talks about not only taking over, but driving out whatever was there, the opposition that was presented or was manning that gate. And, and then we, as the sons of God, we take that gate on behalf of the Lord. Now, how cool is that if we could do that, and we can, all over the world, where, where would the enemy have a place to sneak in? You see what I'm saying? How big is that? It's a big deal. It's like the first victory at the gate that God declared in Scripture. It's in Genesis 22. It's the first place. It's like, yes. Go ahead, Vicky. You can see why the contesting in, in South America has been so strong in Brazil because those entities have basically been unchallenged for so long. You know, they've gotten kind of comfy, and, and once they realize that those, those places that they've dealt, they've dealt their commerce is being challenged, not even just challenged, but that it's, they, they, know, what, they know what the inevitable process is. Mm -hmm. They know what comes. When people become devoted, they know what comes after that. Right. They know they're losing ground. And so you're going to hang on to your turf by any means. Not your turf. <laughs> Pastor, you're a dork. You know, we're not going to gain ground without investing. We're just, we're just not. We have to invest, be devoted. And as we do that, the Lord just will keep dropping things for us to accomplish and to do. You know, at the beginning of the year, I mean, it, at the last conference in March, and we, we talked about the things that are going to be coming in this year, did, did anybody really think, I mean, we knew something was going to happen, but did anybody really think that this was what was going to be? And we don't even know the half of it, but I, I don't, I mean, you know, oh, we're going to go to Brazil again. Okay, that's cool. You know, okay, we're going to have to do all these Ubers all over the place. Okay, all right. Oh, cool. Anya and Declan are coming. Yeah, all right. That's really cool. Uh, we're going to be in a theater. Oh, okay. What's the theater in Brazil? I don't know. Okay, okay. Look, look what he did. Look what he did with all these people. And I, I'm not aware that any of the people that were there are some people in Brazil that people would turn to and, and look for wisdom or ask advice, or they're like in a higher up place where they're a governor or a, a some, some kind of governmental authority over, you know, Sao Paulo, for instance, or even Cabo Frio, which is the next place that we're going to go, my understanding. You know, God's going to use those that are simply devoted. I, don't, I know he doesn't care what your station is in life. He only cares about who you are in him and where's your devotion. And that's how he's going to continue to move in places like Brazil. And I'm not going to say simple-minded, but those that are simply devoted to the Father. Doesn't matter. Moving forward, that's how it's going to be. Um, okay, so the gate of city. Okay, so then we go to verse 18. And thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. 
Okay, and only some of the nations of the earth. No. All of the nations are going to be blessed. They're going to be blessed. They're going to be in part of the, the commissioning of a son because of what you do. All of the nations are going to be, no, you don't like that. Okay. And what is the nations? Go ahead. It, yeah, it always gets back to it. Those who will be commissioned will be commissioned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's that's it too. And you know, you think about your your guy's life and how you got where you are. There was a commissioning out there for you all this time because that was part of your calling. And when you finally quote got it. Then the commissioning came and you were commissioned because you were commissioned. What Vicki just said. Lisa, no laughing. You're supposed to be supporting me back there. <laughs> so, you know, so the seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. The arets, the earth. Because why? So now we can go there because I don't know what she was going to say. Because thou hast obeyed my voice. Shema. Obey is Shema. My voice, we know that, sound, the voice of the Lord. So you, you put it all together and you look at what happened with Abraham and you can see really a scenario similar to this running over and over again in the lives of the saints all around the world. And there's people, even now, sitting in a church somewhere on a Sunday, even if they did it yesterday, but they're, they're, they're looking at what's going on in, in the world, and they're looking at what the Word says, and they're saying, there has to be more. Because really, if you compare just the Word, and please understand, I just mean you're reading the words in black and white, literally even, just the word compared to what's going on in the world, you must be wondering, how are we going to ever make it? I, I don't know how you couldn't. Because it's the deeper things of the Lord that are keeping us cemented, keeping us together, keeping us standing upright, keeping us moving along as we are. He has something to say. Well, in Revelation, or not, it's in... Uh, the Lord speaks of the shaking. And he says, once again, there'll be a shaking. And those things that'll be shaken will be shaken, but the things that won't be will not be shaken. <laughs> so we we are, like you said, cemented. We will not be shaken. So we're going to see a lot of calamity. We're going to see a lot of falling apart. We're going to see a lot of things that everybody thought was established, begun established. And it's going to look like, oh, is this the end? Uh-huh. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yep. But but that that's a good thing. That to, to, means the Lord is is um is is really taking apart those things that are not of any value and the, what's going to be left is going to be shining as the things that are valuable. And so uh what we have done in in this walk is to put ourselves in that position to be cemented with him. So that when that shaking, as we are seeing it, we are not, you know, we, we are not becoming unglued. We're not becoming panicky. We're not become fearful. We become trusting 
And the more shaking, the more trusting we are, because that's the only place we have our um, um, confidence. And uh, so, we, you know, we have we have adopted the mantra: God knows. Mm-hmm. He knows what's going on, and if He knows what's going on, then we can trust that. And what we see is exactly what needs to happen. And we're not going to fret or we're not going to say anything against what the Lord is doing. But we're going to join in and say, yes, let's go together and and be with him in partnership. Yeah. Amen. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. Oh, it is late. It's, it's okay. What's really also interesting to me is. Lots of people know what God's word says, and they can quote you stuff left and right. You know, obedience is better than sacrifice. All those scriptures, they can do that. But is that truth, is that truth really dwelling within their heart? Do they really have an understanding and a belief of what's going on? I know a lot of people say that they, they also have a lot of faith. And once again, they can quote scripture. They can, they can tell you every promise of God, so to speak. They can, they can give you everything that you should be able to get through life. And, and yet, what kind of life do they live? And that's, there is a, a distinct difference between, as we say, knowing the word of God and knowing the God of the word. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a, you know, like an almost night and day. Go ahead. I, I, I really, I, I have a, a spot in my heart that really feels badly for people who, pastors, for instance, who really are trying to take their congregation deeper, but they don't have the grid of purpose because I was just thinking of um, an example of something that was shared with me this past week that was being taught in a church of this type, where um, they're they're having to approach it from the different aspects of of where are you in regards to Christ and the throne of God, and are you seated on that throne? Are you you know down you know what position are you in, and what type of what type of components are in your life that would you know, make you not, not allowing God to sit on the throne. And I'm thinking this is, this is being said to a group of Christians and believers that, that that's like almost a tail wagging the dog. Mm -hmm. It ought to be, you know, they ought to be approaching it. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this in judgment because this is really the only way you can when everything is carnal and you don't have, you don't have the knowledge of God's purpose, but it should be approached from this aspect of of what God has called you up to, you know, the 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 purpose of passionately pursuing Him, you know, from that positive rather than you need to start moving all these negative things out of your life. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Those are things that should be being laid down on a daily fashion, and yet most of the church doesn't even know they're supposed to die to themselves mm. or what that means. That's they're true. too busy arguing over you know, who's got control of the finances and don't let the, don't let the pastor touch anything over here. We've got to keep him under our thumb. And I mean, that's the very same things that are going on, you know, in this same congregation. And so it's just, it saddens me, but I do know that if these, if the pastor, you know, is continuing to really search God, search out for God, I know that God will reveal himself to him in that way too. And then he's got a choice to make. 
As we all do. As we all do. <laughs> We've tried to keep our pastor out of stuff. It hasn't worked. We tried. Right, Lisa? We've tried. Lisa's known you all her life, hasn't she? Oh, my goodness, and she's still here. Ooh, ooh, okay. He said it goes the other way as well, in case you didn't hear that. So, I mean, this is all, I mean, this is all the truth, y'all. I mean, this is, this is where we're at. And so, you know, on the back page of your, of your scripture sheet, I put every occurrence where saith the Lord is there. Every place that the, that God prophesied, it's not the word saith, it's the place where the plan and purpose of God prophesied. That's what's on the back sheet of your, of your handout. And by the way, those people online, if you're listening, I did send a second handout with the scriptures on the back. You can look at all these scriptures and see the different places where people say, this prophecy was already fulfilled. People can say that. I'm here to tell you that all these prophecies are going to be fulfilled again and again and again through the saints. It's, it's not a one-time, it's not a one-time deal. And it's just... I'm, I'm just totally amazed. But I'm, again, more amazed about how many times it happens in Jeremiah. And thinking all, how my brain thought of who Jeremiah is and what his book's all always about. And then I was like, i got to change the way I'm thinking. This is not... This is, this is good information. We have to start studying it. And I don't know why God had me start in Jeremiah chapter 30, but that's where he started. And that's where I got the, the thing that you will be my people the thing I taught about two weeks ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I don't remember. Anyhow, where I said, you know, this is our promises. We are his people. When he says this in scripture, pay attention. This is for you. You know what? When he says, say it the Lord, pay attention. This is going to be you. This is our lives now. It has been, but now we see even more clearly what's going to be going forward, what it's going to be like. Go ahead, Vic. Um. All right. Do you have anything else to say? Cause I'm no, gonna... I think I'm done. Okay. I did, well, I just wanted to say verse 16 is so amazing when you look at that. And, and the angel said, by myself, he's quoting God, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son. And I was just thinking, wow, that was a type for what God had already planned from heaven for his only son. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was like a prophetic statement and a prophetic act in itself, uh, kind of a spiritual activation, so to speak. Yeah. And and God was saying through this angel that he'd already committed his seven wins to this process of his plan. That's right. That it was going through. And even though Abraham was kind of initiating that in that spiritual act, that he was committed to that act as well. He was committed to that same process. Mm -hmm. And I, it was almost like a foreseeing, foreseeable type of a, how do I, I'm saying that wrong, but like a, a, a prophetic, a prophetic word about what God would be doing as well. I mean, it is. And she's saying the seven spirits because the word swear means to seven yourself or something like that. So yeah, it's absolutely part of, it's part of it. I would, I don't know how God figured out. I, I do know, but I don't know because it's he's way beyond me. Laid all of this stuff out in scripture. It's been there ever since you've been reading the Bible when you were little, Jocelyn. This All this has been there. And now you look at it and you're like, oh, so we're like Anna in a way. 
in Brazil looking at something going, I've never seen it that way before. Well, we're about to embark on a new beginning in that department for us where we look at prophecy and words spoken in the Bible and realize this applies to me because I am a seed of Abraham. I am a son of God. I am a son of Israel. I am Israel. Totally awesome. Father, thank you for your word and for your prophetic words to each one of us, Lord. Thank you for the giftings that you've given each of us, and thank you for the agape that you have poured into us so that we continue, as we continue, to walk as your son and present your truth to all the earth and to the nations. And I thank you, Lord, for those all around the world that have a love for you. And I ask that you will open their eyes and their heart to this freshness of your word that they've never seen before. There are people sitting in church right now, listening to someone read a scripture. And, and now they're like, there's has to be more than just that. There's got to be more. And so father, I ask that you pour out your agape upon those people. Thank you for the nation of Brazil. Thank you for the, the nation of France and those in Europe that are just in love with you and love to pray. I ask that you continue to empower them. It's in Jesus' name that we all pray. Amen.